You rarely drink when we record these. I know. I was like, why not? Might as well. Be bad today, Susan. It's time again for Kishanon, your favorite podcast about conspiracy theories and food. I'm Matt. And I'm Kelly. We are back in your ears. Because that's a podcast, you listen to it, you don't read it. You can, though, because there's a transcript. But we are talking about, I'm not exactly sure what this time. So we might as well just sort of kind of get right, get right into it. Because heaven knows, we're back. You didn't know we were gone because I edited around my expletives and everything. But I think we're talking about some famous peoples tonight. We are. We are talking about Marilyn Monroe and was she murdered? Who's to say? Who is to say? And also, not a conspiracy. It's just something that I wrote down several times. Why was J. Edgar Hoover such a bastard? And why didn't he have a better hobby? Do we have a source? Or is that just rhetorical? That'll be a work job for me to figure out what was wrong with J. Edgar Hoover. (laughs) Yeah. You say, if you're good at something, never do it for free. Well, yeah, you know, for- before we get into Marilyn, I have gotten some really pretty positive feedback about our last episode, our, you know, Jack the Ripper extravaganza. I think people missed us being funny. And I don't know, again, of our fives of listeners, you know, yes. I don't know how all you all feel about it, but five to twelves of you. Yes. People told me they thought it was really funny. And I said, I think we went a little comedy feral after not like Will Ferrell, like the way that everybody's acting. It's hot everybody summer, I guess. Hot pants summer. Hot everyone summer. <laughs> hope, hope that, you know, those of you who are listening, that you did enjoy it and such. And oh, we've talked about having guests on the show a bunch of times. And loyal listeners will know that we've never actually done it. But I feel like we need to do that soon. So this person I know in tech, she had tweeted and said, I want you to invite me on your podcast. And in reality, she probably would want to be on, you know, I would think she'd want to be on my tech show. But I'm like, well, you could come on Arrest DevOps or Keishanon. I don't know. And she's like, I love food. I want to come on that. And I'm like, Uh-oh. okay, so we'll figure out something for Allie to rant we'll about. have to remember to talk about food the episode she comes on. <laughs> That's true. She'll be very disappointed. We'll, we'll have to give Allie her own food corner. Fun fact about this podcast. It's a podcast about conspiracy theories and food, but not usually food. We just get sidetracked and forget. I do want to talk about the tacos I made tonight, though. But first, I'm always interested to hear about tacos. Yes. But first, Marilyn. Marilyn, born Norma Jean on June 1st, 1926. You know her. She was married thrice. First to James Doherty. That was 1942 to 46. Then to Joe DiMaggio, 54 to 55, and Arthur Miller, 56 to 61. A real bombshell, right? Everyone knows Marilyn. How many times was she married? Thrice. Oh, thrice. That's me. (laughs) Well, like me and Ross Geller. Yes, you, Ross Geller, and Marilyn. And Marilyn. That's a... You all go to the sad men's club together. (laughs) We do, but there's a basketball hoop. (laughs) Okay. I'm actually just laughing about thinking of you like having like an accidental fourth wedding because you're just in vaccine summer. <laughs> you just take it. You take it too far. According to my calculations, I've got a few years because I seem to have done it in every decade of my adult life. I was married once in my 20s, once in my 30s, once in my 40s. So got it. I'm good until I get to my 50s. Then, you know. I, on the other hand, have never taken a husband <laughs> because <laughs> I've heard it's a huge hassle. <laughs> Everyone I know that has one complains about it. Okay, so Marilyn, after she was recently divorced from Arthur Miller, died August 4th, 1962 at the age of 36. 
the official cause of death on the first autopsy was a suicide using barbiturates at her home on Helena Drive in Los Angeles. So I'm going to do a little background on what Marilyn's life was like leading up to her death. Please feel free to be as funny as possible while we talk about her tragic last right. days. <laughs> her career had really slowed down due to a lot of personal struggles she was going through. She had some substance abuse issues and just mental health struggles in general. But in April of 1962, so like four months before she died, I just had to count on my fingers. She had been working on a new film with the Fox studio, but they fired her from the film saying she was making filming a problem. She wasn't showing up on time. She had all this stuff going on. Dean Martin was also in the movie and he quit the movie after Fox fired Marilyn. And that's when they really started putting out because he said he would only film a movie with Marilyn. Okay. And he thought they were kind of railroading her, which I think they were. Once he quit, Fox started putting out bad press about how she was drunk on set and used taking pills and like a mess to work with. But from what I've gathered from a few interviews, I read that actually wasn't true. She was just trying to get a fair contract because this was still in the days of the studio system. So they, mm-hmm. studios owned their actors and actresses. That's um, not a very good one. <laughs> I'm paying attention. <laughs> I don't even care if you are. It was just funny. Okay, so also trivia I learned. Marilyn Monroe was Truman Capote's first choice for Holly Golightly in Breakfast at Tiffany's. That would have been such a different yes. film. Yes, yes. <laughs> it would have been a good film, just a very different film. Oh, it would have been amazing. Horny Breakfast at Tiffany's. That's the episode title. Horny Breakfast at Tiffany's. Please. But okay, so one of the reasons it's important to know what was going on in her career at the time is because they started to say that one of her motives for suicide was because she had been fired by Fox for being a mess. However, in the days before her death, she had actually negotiated and re-signed with Fox. So her career was not over. Like she had actually, they had renegotiated. They had come to an agreement and it seemed like everyone was getting a little bit of what they wanted, even though Fox had put out all this bad fake press about her because Dean Martin walked away with her. Okay. So let's see. I lost my place. So sorry. Okay, so August 4th, the last day of her life, she was with her publicist, Patricia Newcomb, her housekeeper, Eunice Murray, a photographer, Lawrence Schiller, and her psychiatrist, Ralph Greenson. The psychiatrist, before he left her for the day, asked the housekeeper to stay overnight to keep an eye on her and keep her company. And we know she was alive at Peter Lawford, was an actor, you mm-hmm. know, Peter Lawford. Yep. Okay, yep. so Peter Lawford spoke with her, he said, at 8 p.m., and I believe the phone records show that a call had occurred. Yeah, whatever phone records you could get in 1962. I'm not sure. So He called Mabel and asked her to look it up down at the main junction. Yes. So, <laughs> I, says, so I says, Mabel, I says. <laughs> <laughs> so I says, Mabel, I was just talking to Marilyn. So Peter Lawford says he spoke with her at 8 p.m. because she didn't want to go to a party. Or he wanted her to go to a party. She said and she no. didn't want to go. Okay. He said she sounded kind of messed up, like she was on something. So Peter Lawford, and also he's really connected to all of this too. So we have to remember, Peter Lawford at this time was married to a Kennedy. And as we get into later, it was rumored that a Kennedy was also in Marilyn's home the night she died. Mm. Which one? Jack or Bobby? Jack or Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. He said she sounded medicated. So around 8.30, Peter Lawford called her agent, who called her psychiatrist, who called the housekeeper. The housekeeper said she's in bed. She's fine. This is where it gets fuzzy later okay. on. Because this was way early in the night. Bef- like she, The ambulance was called at around 3 a.m. She was okay. pronounced dead. 
So this is still between 8 and 9 p.m. That they're saying she sounds medicated and the housekeeper says, no, she's totally fine. No, she's totally fine. Later on, because I had to go through a few theories, but they all have the same kind of basis. But just remember that the housekeeper said she was fine and in bed during this time. But this was well before she was dead Mm -hmm. based on the autopsy. And later on, someone will assert that maybe she wasn't alone and the housekeeper was covering for her. Okay, so... In in the initial record, it says that the housekeeper called the ambulance at 3.50 a.m. And she was pronounced dead at 4.25 a.m. They did an autopsy and said she died of an accidental overdose or a suicide using barbiturates. Some people argue that it was an accidental overdose. But the original doctor who did the autopsy said it had to be a suicide because the drugs that were in her system were all taken at once. Which she normally wouldn't do. So in 1983, Thomas Noguchi published his memoirs. He was the original doctor who did the autopsy. Okay. the auto- Okay. I, I wrote down in my notes that he was the coroner to the stars because <laughs> he also did the autopsies of Sharon Tate, Robert F. Kennedy, Belushi, and Natalie Wood. Wow. Quite the resume. <laughs> There's an accent on the E. <laughs> his curriculum vitae, although not so vitae because they did. And I feel like, I mean, I guess I would want to look into Natalie Wood's autopsy. That's a good conspiracy for later. Yeah. Spinoff. Mm-hmm. Spinoff on autopsy. Yeah. So many people refuted the autopsy saying that there were things present or things not present that indicate she was murdered. So Thomas Noguchi wrote his memoirs, though, and disputed all these claims. So I am going to run through them before we get to the conspiracy side. So some people said that she couldn't have ingested all the pills at once because her stomach were empty. That didn't that wasn't correct English. That's my bad. I've had several skinny, spicy margaritas. Spicy what messes with your grammar. So some people assert that she couldn't have ingested all of the pills at once because during the autopsy her stomach was empty and they're saying that the pills would have still been there they wouldn't have completely but been absorbed you don't digest pills right but that's you said the magic word pills aren't like digested like you do food they're absorbed into your stomach lining yeah so then people said well the pills she took would have been absorbed into her stomach lining and left a residue and thomas Tunguchi was like no no it turns out no they wouldn't <laughs> right the only thing that is kind of true is this the autopsy noted no needle marks but she regularly injected herself with medication but that could also just be he he didn't see any fresh needle marks there was nothing that was done that night but it also Mm -hmm. could have just been like a bad just didn't notice it was the 1960s who's to say what was happening back then drink okay so in 1964 this is two years after her death Anti-communist activist Frank Cappell wrote a pamphlet called The Strange Death of Marilyn Monroe and claimed the murder was a communist conspiracy. Oh, we haven't really had the communists around the show yet. We've been very not... I'm pro-commie, so it'll it'll just be an episode of support. (laughs) He claimed the murder was a communist conspiracy. Keeping on that pinko commie rag. Is it a rag if it's not a thing you read? Can a podcast be a rag? People can read this. We are ADA accessible. <laughs> That's true. We do have the transcripts. So we are a pinko commie rag. We sure are. Okay. So he claimed that Monroe and Robert F. Kennedy were having an affair and she wanted to take it public. So RFK had to assassinate her. Because that's your only choice. <laughs> it's your only way to stop it. 
Yeah, that's just, there's nothing obviously no other way to do it. Just this is me watching every Dateline. I'm like, you could have just divorced her. <laughs> and RFK, Arthur Miller, Marilyn Monroe, and her doctors were all communist sympathizers allegedly, but I think they were makes sense. So an LAPD sergeant aided Frank Capel in making this pamphlet. His name was Jack Clemens, and he was the first police officer on the scene. And he said when he got to the house, that housekeeper was washing all the bedding Ooh. while her body was still on the bed. In the middle of the night. 4.25 a.m.? Yeah, this is very usual and correct. That's when I always do sheets. When I always do sheets. Yeah. It's very usual and correct. Sure. So, Capel and Clemens were basically professional conspiracists. I guess so. Which I love, because that's what we're trying to become. We're trying to achieve that. <laughs> we're not doing so, a very good job, but we are trying. Us. One of our fives of listeners, sponsor us. So that was early after her death, 64, it said it was a communist cover or an anti-communist murder. I don't know. It, it confused Something me with the because did RFK want her murdered or did like the anti-communists want to shut them up? Like, which is it? Pick a lane. Oh, were you going to say it? Yeah, you say it again. Pick a lane. Oh, <laughs> all right. This was easier when we didn't try to be so vapor fresh. Are we trying to be professional? I was going to say, by the way, this is us trying to be professional. I didn't get your memo about that. Val? Val quits. Took longer than I thought. Um, okay, so we're going to travel in time now to the 1970s. Ooh, hippies. Ooh. <laughs> what else was happening in the 70s? Crocheted clothing. Ooh. The 70s? 70s yeah. wasn't so much with the hippies. The 70s was... No, but there was crocheted clothing in the 70s. There I've was, and there were leisure suits. <gasps> Ooh, polyester. Yes. Yes. Put some polyester leisure suits in your mind. And we're going to focus on how Norman Mailer wrote a book called Marilyn, a biography, in which he asserts that... Marilyn Monroe was killed by the FBI, or maybe the CIA, because of her affair with RFK, and that the CIA and FBI wanted to use her murder as a point of pressure with RFK to stop his communist sympathies. Complicated. Right. Just a lot going like, on there. Like, she's just a woman trapped in a bad situation with a bunch <laughs> of communists and the Kennedys. Yes, and everybody wants her dead. It'd be easier just to, like, go around and just to be like, raise your hand if you didn't kill Marilyn. Everyone did, according to these theories online. Every single person. They all killed her for RFK, but they all had different reasons. <laughs> so, I don't know. Robert F. Slatzer in 1975 wrote a book also saying she was killed by RFK himself. It's escalating for RFK, who at right, this point he's is not, dead. Right, so it's fine. <laughs> so you can just say whatever the fuck you want about him. The Kennedys were broken at this point. Slatzer also knew Marilyn Monroe, and he also asserted in this book that they were secretly married in Mexico for three days. That he was secretly married to Marilyn for three days. Not R no, RFK. Oh, that RFK was. Oh, Sorry, yeah. It would have been better that if, wasn't it was, clear. if it was. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe did not marry a random conspiracy theorist <laughs> novelist in Mexico for three days. What would? How would Robert have explained that to Ethel? I just that doesn't seem like a Catholic Kennedy to me. Well, uh, see, uh... <laughs> I don't know. I, okay, you're like, don't do that again. No, you can do whatever you want. This is America. So in 1975, Anthony Scaduto wrote an article in We. That's O U I, not W We. We. I, okay. <laughs> a softcore porn magazine, <laughs> and then later expanded it into a book. He claims Monroe kept a diary called The Red Book, where she wrote down confidential info told to her by both John F. Kennedy Jr. and Robert F. Kennedy. He also claims that Marilyn Monroe's house was wiretapped by Jimmy Hoffa. 
we have another player entering the game. Alpha. Mm, still mad about the three and a half hours I spent watching the Irishman. <laughs> You're right. not getting that back. No, I'm still, I still have regrets. Jimmy Hoffa wanted to incriminate the Kennedys, and he knew Marilyn had this secret info, this confidential info from both Kennedy brothers, so he had her house wiretapped. But um, didn't seem to get anything out of it that we know of. Well, you have to wait till we get to the later decades. I took this decade oh. by decade conspiracy. Got it. This is <laughs> the all, chronological. There they are all chapters. kind of built on each other. Yeah, there's layers here. J. Edgar Hoover hasn't even entered the chat yet, right? But Jimmy, the the Kennedys didn't like Jimmy Hoffa, and they wanted to break up his like mob rule. I don't know something about the Teamsters, maybe. something, something. Mm. Yeah, buried under Soldier Field or whatever. Or did we not get to that part yet? No, I think he's in a Detroit parking lot. Oh, why did I think it was something connected to Soldier Field? Maybe we should dig around Soldier Field. <laughs> maybe we should <laughs> for the show. No, it's okay. I, we're doing this for a podcast. It's okay. We got what? What do you got? A note? Yes. If any of our listeners are very wealthy and want to send Matt and I on an, an excursion around the U.S. to find Jimmy Hoffa or do whatever, really. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be I, that. It could just be to drink. Whatever. We're down. All right. So now we're time traveling further. It's the 1980s. Cocaine is king. Everyone's like walking around with a boombox on their shoulder. Uh, everyone has a boombox on their shoulder. And- They're still leisure suits, but now they're neon. And the women are wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> with the big shoulder pads. Big, so many shoulder pads. Nine to five. Right. What a way to make a living. So we have Milo Spiruglio. <laughs> That's not even Drink. close. It's not even a little bit close. A shot. <laughs> Shit. He's a private detective, whatever. And he also claims that Marilyn Monroe was killed by Jimmy Hoffa and known mob associate Sam Giancarlo. The, his source was the grand. Oh, I remember this now. I did this research a while ago. It's all coming back to me. <laughs> His source was someone named Grandison from the L.A. County Coroner's Office. Grandison was there the night they did Marilyn Monroe's autopsy. It's important to know that Grandison is not a good source or a good person because he was fired from the L.A. County Coroner's Office for stealing things from the dead bodies they were doing autopsies on. Not so much a character witness. I mean, but if you can't trust someone who steals shit off of dead bodies, who can you trust? Jimmy Hoffa. So they think that Grandison had the red diary for a while or knew what was in the red diary because it apparently was on her person when she died. I doubt it. Just tucked into her waistband. The maid obviously would have gotten it when she went to clean the sheets. <laughs> when she went to, yeah. She, she's like, but the maid is like, you know, yeah, changing the bedding, but doesn't leave out like, you know. Eunice Mrs. the maid is like yelling at the cops to get out of her crime scene. She didn't clean it up. <laughs> He alleged that Hoffa, he heard the tapes that Hoffa had of, like, the wiretapping of the house. There were tapes that Jimmy Hoffa had from people, he wiretapped a lot of people. That was, like, something he loved. That that was a thing that happened. Everyone has hobbies. Yeah. (laughs) It's an avocation. Mm -hmm. Ooh, big word. I have a couple of of them. (laughs) Did you go to college and everything? For a year? (laughs) Um, I, I stuck around until after we learned the word avocation. And then I was like, that's as much like, as I need. I'm good. That's peak. Uh, <laughs> right. any word, avocation. Yes. <laughs> so t- two people have listened to the Jimmy Hoffa tapes. Two Marilyn- more people than have listened to Keisha Nunn. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, one, Kelly's mom. We just want to be more popular than Jimmy Hoffa's secret wiretap tapes. <laughs> that's, okay? all, that's all we need. We just need better Google Analytics scores than that. Both people who listened to them said that there were many tapes of many inappropriate wiretappings. There were none from Marilyn. But I do believe her house was wiretapped by J. Edgar Hoover, that bastard. Okay, so now in the 1980s, there's also a British journalist named Anthony Summers 
who claimed this is where RFK really gets thrown under the bus and he's easily the only acceptable Kennedy. Oh, this guy, just side note, Anthony Summers also wrote a book with about conspiracy theories about who killed JFK, which is another episode we've yet to do because it just seems like a lot to tackle and I don't have a lot of time. And now that's going to be summer. like, that'll be like an anniversary episode. Did you say it's hot girl summer or hot? Everybody busy with hot girl summer, Matt already. It's only I thought, May. We, I thought we decided this was hot. Everybody summer. Cause everyone's it feral. Is. I mean, if we're being honest, though, it's always hot Kelly summer. We need to have that. That'll go in our merch store is t-shirts that say hot Kelly summer. Hot Kelly summer. <laughs> <laughs> It's just me walking around the lakefront doing conspiracy research. <laughs> right. Well, it's just a t-shirt that says Hot Kelly Summer. Yeah. Well, no, I know. I just meant that's what happens during Hot Kelly. <laughs> I'm not trying to get you to sketch that on the t-shirt. Right, yeah. Wow, wow. I'm pretty buzzed. So I haven't eaten in a while. So I'm going to have to really work through this the stuff that I wrote down like weeks ago. Okay. RFK and JFK both had affairs with Marilyn Monroe. Okay. The, the assertion here is that she had a one-nighter with JFK. Maybe one or two nights. So it was a little shortsy. A fling. No, not a big deal. Very chill about it. Right. It was hot Maryland week. Not even a whole summer. Just hot Maryland May. But her and RFK had a longer term like thing. She was much more emotionally involved with RFK is the assertion here. And that. So RFK and Peter Lawford enabled her addiction to try and kill her. And Lawford was still married to Patricia Kennedy. So this guy, Anthony Summers, alleges that RFK was actually secretly there the night that she died and Marilyn was getting hysterical because RFK was like ending things or he was threatening her. Who knows? The housekeeper called 911 because Marilyn was hysterical and she died before they got there. So RFK just had to like pretend that she died in the bed and fled. And this is when RFK called Peter Lawford to secret him out of town. And RFK was in LA the night she died. But then Peter Lawford got him out. Like Peter Lawford got him out of there. And J. Edgar Hoover, RFK called J. J. Edgar Hoover. Terrible, miserable bastard. And J. Edgar Hoover sent some guys in to stage the scene, make sure it was looked like a suicide, and made sure the autopsy was done to call it a suicide, if that makes sense. Got it. There are layers. There, There are moving parts. It takes like all the previous conspiracy theories and puts them together, kind of, like saying that not only was rfk the reason she died but he was there he was actually there and yeah. there was yeah there was a plot and that him and peter lawford were always giving her drugs and pills and whatever to like because they knew she was on psych meds too and they were just enabling her addictions it's actually terribly abusive if they did that you know what i mean but it's right to, she would not be uh, competent not witness but i, I can't believe the words. but like yeah yeah basically so that credible. No believe her. To, credible. To, right yeah yes thank you they were all working to make her non-credible because she was just a threat to everything. So then, well, and RFK obviously would be able to contact Edgar Hoover. So they, you know, had some whoever come in to make it look like it was an OD and made sure that the coroner ruled it a suicide so that there could be no questions. All right, now we're in the 90s. All right. A lot of flannel. everywhere. Flannel. Those like weird Ooh. rough woven hoodies with the pockets. Do oh. you know what I'm talking about? No. I don't remember what they were called. In the 90s, I had my starter jackets and nothing else. I will find a picture of these things. I don't remember what they were called, but they were kind of like a hoodie, but they were like a really rough like weave to them. And then they had like the pockets in the front. 
Mm. And like ties that didn't do anything. They were usually in weird colors, like color patterns. I'll find it. And if I do, I'll put it in the show notes. Spoiler, I probably won't remember. What else is happening in the 90s? People were listening to Billy Corgan for some reason. We hadn't quite realized he was a complete piece of shit yet. So there was that. I was watching a lot of The Little Mermaid. Bill Clinton is having a scandal. Mm -hmm. The interns. Ooh. Anyway, take yourself back to the 90s. I'm sure you can get there more easily than the other decades. So Peter Brown and someone Barnum, Batty Barnum. P.T. Barnum? <laughs> the circus guy. <laughs> he wrote a book about Marilyn. It's called Marilyn, The Last Take. And Wo- a guy named Wolf wrote The Last Day of Marilyn Monroe. And they do assert with some facts. Like when you said a guy named Wolf. Like that's like this thing where, you know, your friend from college is like, you know, and I, yeah, I got to bring along my buddy Wolf. Like, we were in the frat together. Yeah, his name is Wolf. I was obviously at the end of my research journey here, and I was no longer writing down first names. <laughs> I no longer cared. So some guy named Wolf, it might be his first name, it might be his last name. He might just be like Cher. He wrote a book <laughs> called The Last Day of Marilyn Monroe, or Meatloaf. Meatloaf is two words, though, right? No. No, I'm pretty sure it is when it's the singer. I think he's oh. meat loaf. I think he's two Wait, words. He's, he's meat and loaf. Like, he's Mr. Loaf. Mean? He's Mr. Loaf. Need, I need to look this up right now. Podcast research. I'm 91% sure. Oh, it is. It's spaced out. Yeah. It's, <laughs> the fuck? It was a weird That's time, man. Weirder. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Loaf. No. Meat. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so dirty now. Well, that actually makes me think of Bull Durham, though. Why Why do you keep calling me meat? My Uber driver this morning had Paradise by the Dashboard Lights playing. And I was like, sir, it is 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> in 2021. <laughs> why are we listening to something I only put on at 4 a.m.? Okay, so Wolf. All right. Okay, so they bring in some facts into these conspiracy theories. Whatever. It seems kind of rude of them, but here we have some. So basically, they're saying Marilyn Monroe did die of an accidental overdose, not a suicide, because her medical doctor was prescribing her Nebutal, and her psychiatrist was prescribing her chloral hydrate enemas. And you can't take those things together. And in the year 2021, you really can't take either, because <laughs> they're not safe. But I say it had to be an accidental overdose because of how she would have, she did finally breach a new agreement with Fox. And word on their street is, what they say, is that she was going to remarry Joe DiMaggio. Well, I mean, so the only thing I'll say is just because... Say as much as you want to the, Well, it's definitely not going to be the only thing I'm going to say. Okay. But if the argument is, well, it could have been a suicide because things were so great for her all of a sudden. Right. It's like, there's all kinds of reasons, you know, like... Because yeah. it's something, yeah, but if... I think we have to remember this was the 60s in psychiatry. And so I think I think people just find it suspicious that her life was actually on the upswing. Like, she had taken two years off of movies. So, like, why would she kill herself right before... Well, I mean, there could happening? be other things happening. Like, you don't know, right? I agree with you, but I think... I'm saying in the 60s, I think then we only thought suicide was something you did if, like, your life was... Just taking a wrong turn. I do think knowing the medication she was on, which we have the autopsy, so we know what meds she was on, right? Those are things today that, like, if I gave those in combination to someone, I would think they would die. So to me, an accidental overdose is not. No, and to be fair, I mean, Kelly, I know you know. I'm saying this for our fives of listeners that 
No, in terms of like, I, yeah. I'm saying, I think when people are writing about this now, using our lens of now, they're not remembering like what the mental health was in the 60s or what like meds were. Totally. I just was saying like, again, for our fives of listeners that. My mom. Suicide is complex and it's not just dismissed by, oh, but everything, it couldn't have been that because everything was great. Just because things look like they're great doesn't mean that there can't be more things going on. No, you're absolutely right. I think the 60s were, I mean, they obviously, they also said she was just like a drug addict in the 60s and she was Right, they're just like, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, well, okay. (laughs) We don't use those words anymore. (laughs) She had substance use disorder. Like, yeah. But I think it's also, sorry if you guys just all heard me like hardcore swallow my mark. By the way, in case anybody's wondering, that was Kelly's original uh, AOL chat name was hardcore swallow. <laughs> okay. Do you want to hear a funny story about my AOL chat name? So I was like 13 and my dad enters our computer room, which is a thing we used to have back in the day. And he sees that my AOL screen name is Peachy Cream and he loses his shit because <laughs> he's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Mind you, I had no idea. That's what I was going to say. Like, you were completely oblivious. And it's a fight I remember between me, my mom, and my dad, where I was 13 and just sobbing because I was a 13-year-old. And my dad was just thought I was engaging in some, like, child sex trafficking, probably, because <laughs> my screen name was PG Cream. And my mom is yelling, trying to remind him that I have no idea what this means. Right. <laughs> well, at least it wasn't Hardcore Swallow. <laughs> that would have been next if no one had stopped me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But ever since, ever since then, it's just been all about Kelly. This is how it happens. PG Cream, 15. Just a nice 13-year-old girl. <laughs> but why was it 15 if you were 13? I was born on the 15th. Um, okay. I gotcha. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> like, my screen name was PG Cream 15, and my away messages were all Backstreet Boys lyrics. So just so you know, I was super cool. <laughs> And definitely knew what sex was. All right? My first screen name was Spooky Fox, which is a X Files reference. You're a Spooky Fox. No, because Dave Duchovny's character was Fox Mulder, and he oh. was Spooky Fox Mulder. So <laughs> at least you had a target audience. Yeah, I did, didn't ask me how well I did picking up the ladies with the screen name called Spooky Fox. How did it go for you? Actually, fairly well, because the internet was full of nerds at that time. You were a niche. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, well. All right, peachy cream. So what's next? <laughs> Triggering me. Yeah, so, I feel like I, I have regrets. They, they write this book in the 90s that's full of bad mental health information, and they don't know what motives for suicide are or how drug abuse works. So we'll just ignore Brown, Batman, and Wolf. In the 2000s, so... I don't think we have to transport you there. You know what? I have very little memory of the 2000s. Not because like I was drunk, but I I don't know how that decade is described. Also, because you were drunk. I well, there was that. Like, what happened in the? What was the 2000s about? Well, the 2000s is when I like really peached into your cream. Peached into my cream. (laughs) My dad also famously once walked into me chatting on AOL, and some guy who I didn't really know, but he was like a friend of my cousin's, told me to go get stoned, and that was another epic. I'm like, Dad, you have to announce yourself before you enter the computer room. The 2000s was when I I was in like college and high school, so we had lots of layered tank tops and very low rise jeans with your thong hanging out the back. Very low rise jeans. If they ever come back. I don't know. I might have to go full gray gardens and just never leave my mansion in upstate <laughs> yeah. New York. I can't live through low rise jeans twice. It's unfair to it's unfair to any human. <laughs> no, you can't ask that of anyone. 
It's inhumane. <laughs> so John Minor and Matthew Smith in the 2000s claimed that the psychiatrist had tapes of Monroe that he had recorded leading up to her death. And I do believe these tapes exist because, again, if we look at the 60s, they were definitely recording every whatever. And he was also like at her house all the time. There were weird boundaries in the 60s. Well, that was a little bit like in the first season of Mad Men where like Betty Draper's like going into analysis and then like her shrink like calls her husband and is like, all right, well, here's what we talked about. Oh, fantastic. That's not a problem at all. This was a very weird time in the 60s for psychiatry, especially. (laughs) I mean, it was truly just like at that time, I mean, really, psychiatry was for the wealthy. It still kind of is because we don't have Medicare for all. But that's a whole separate podcast I'd have to do. There's not really much of a conspiracy about that. It's just that there's a bunch of rich white people that that don't want nice things for other people. There you be, go. That's the it problem. Be, it there's no conspiracy. It's pretty wide open. We know it. would it. just be me ranting. A good, solid 90-minute rant for yeah, our listeners. Yeah, yeah. That'll be on the bonus. <laughs> if you subscribe to our Patreon... You can get the bonus episode, which is Kelly ranting about Medicare for All for 90 minutes. Why don't we have it? We're the only developed country without it. Tell me someone's reasons. I thought you meant, why don't we have a Patreon? (laughs) That too, Matt. Why don't we have a Patreon? There are probably more efficient ways for you to get money from your mother. (laughs) That is Venmo requester. I'm saying it again. It's Everyone very easy. Do it. It's fine. <laughs> so actually, if it, it, we're we're cutting, actually we're cutting Patreon out because Patreon's kind of shitty right now. All right. So the CEO of Patreon is apparently also a musician of some bearded variety. Oh. And the other day, he posted a YouTube to announce that they were laying off. So first of all, it's so it's five minutes long. And he starts by saying, you know, it's such a bummer. He's got this. You know, it's so hard to be a CEO to make these tough decisions and. You know, basically, they were laying off like 30% of their, like all of their engineers and all of their product people. And oh my God, it's so hard to make these decisions. And, but it's okay. Like, it's not because we're not doing well. We just got another round of funding and we've got like hundreds of millions of dollars, but we have to move forward. You know, so it's like the whole thing is number one, basically, what he's trying to say is that the things they need to do, their current employees, don't have experience doing. So instead of like, you know, having a growth mindset or whatever, right. it's just like, well, just fire them all and let's just hire new people because that's a smart idea. And, but the worst part was that in this YouTube, this video, it's him basically like talking about how hard this is for him because these people <laughs> are like family. They're like, the no fuck? one's feeling sorry for you, asshole. And also it takes him like two and a half minutes. Like he starts out by saying they're going to lay off all these people and then talks about himself for two minutes before he even gets to why they're doing it. So anyway, I was going to say not a good week or two for like, you know, Silicon Valley startups by founded by white dudes, but they're actually acting the way they always act. Anyway, we don't like Patreon right now and we definitely don't like Basecamp. And just Venmo us. This is fine. Yeah, Listen to Matt. Since we don't have a Patreon, all you have to do is Venmo Kelly, and then she will leave you a 90-minute voicemail ranting about Medicare for all. I'm imagining, like, this is... Because if you had to do it for 90 minutes, it would be like like in that Parks and Rec episode where Patton Oswalt played the character that had to filibuster about Star Wars. Yes. And if you ever go look online, it's a 14-minute scene. And he improvised the entire thing. Like, Pat Oswalt just... Yes, he just goes for 14 minutes making up shit about Star Wars. And it is amazing. I could (laughs) go for 90 minutes about the insurance company's easy 
Yeah, without stopping. I do it. I bet every day at work, I do an aggregate 90 minutes. For free. (laughs) Yeah, for free. Just as a bonus of having me as your employee. What were you talking about? Oh, oh, that in the 60s, psychiatry and mental health was for rich people. And it still is, but maybe not as quite as blatantly. No one's psychiatrist typically are at their house anymore unless you're michael jackson prince or any other celebrity who's died of a fentanyl overdose again a rant i will give you if you venmo me so so basically matthew smith in the 90s writes how her death wasn't even an accidental overdose but that she was addicted to and abusing these chloral hydrate enemas and her housekeeper was the one administering them and that's why the housekeeper was actually always there she's addicted what is in these enemas un moment because I, I want to get my facts right before I tell you it. I thought you were looking at the ingredients on yours. You're like, mm-hmm. hang on a second. Let me look at I the box. I just put one in, but I took it out <laughs> really quick to look at the ingredients. I'm not going to. Okay. I don't need to make the science. All right. I'm acting I mean, like, just generally. I'm acting like right? I'm at work right now. And I'm like, yeah, let I, me explain to the patient. <laughs> it's a sedative. So in the 60s, it was very popular that it would be given as an enema. Because why not? Well, everyone needed a little fun in the 60s. Free love, baby. (laughs) To quote Jack Nicholson and Batman, this town needs an enema. Everyone needs one enema as a treat. (laughs) No, it's just, it's basically a sedative. And it's supposed to, in the 60s, it was actually used to induce sleep before like surgeries. So she was kind of abusing those. She was addicted to these. It would basically be the equivalent of today's ambient addiction, except it was an enema. But he wrote that the CIA and J. Edgar Hoover murdered Monroe without the Kennedy's consent because she was about to tell everyone the secrets of the Bay of Pigs invasion, which seems super specific for her. She was like, I have this full red book. I will focus on the Bay of Pigs. But I'm only going to tell you about the Bay of Pigs. (laughs) Nothing else, children. Well, I mean, that's kind of a big one. That's fair. Matthew Smith is the one that wrote that she just had a one-nighter with JFK and it didn't mean anything, but her and RFK were like in love. Which is fair to everyone involved because RFK had one baby every six months with Ethel Kennedy. I don't even know how he did it. The man was a machine. (laughs) Sounds like she was involved in that frequency, though, too, because like every six months, that's a medical marvel. Former President Trump, you know, remember him? Seems like just yesterday. He did release the JFK files from the FBI and J. Edgar Hoover. And in these files... It does say that the affair between Marilyn Monroe and RFK was being threatened to be released to the public and bring down the Kennedys. And if you remember, when Marilyn died, like JFK was still in office. So you have to remember the time frames. So it would have been a big deal. He was the attorney general. So this would have been a big thing. So it does. this was a real part of this conspiracy. I think I was on some special medicine when, when you were researching this. <laughs> and by the end, I, I believe J. Edgar Hoover killed her. <laughs> okay, but you don't remember how you got there now? Is that? Mm-hmm. I think that, and it's all bringing it back to me now. Because I, <laughs> I did look at the FBI files that were released about this in 2017 that Trump released. And I did, I was like, oh, they were going to reveal this affair. It would have brought down the Kennedys. No one was more image obsessed than the Kennedys. So I bet they called their friend, J. Eggs, and were like, hey. <laughs> but. I'll be semi-serious for like just one 30 second, but it's just like, look at the people who we easily kill and dispose of today. And she would have been a great victim because she was, had mental health issues. She was a woman who was alone. She had been divorced three times. Like at that time in society, like she would have been very easy to kill and no one would have thought it was suspicious. Right. And the housekeeper also confirmed to the FBI in an interview, but it was mostly redacted. But from what I gather that RFK was there the night of her death, but it didn't say that he was there when she died. 
but he was there at some point. Oh, and then some other crazy guy named Dr. Stephen Greer said that she wasn't going to expose the Bay of Pigs, but that during their one-night stand. So mind you, she's boning JFK for one night, right? It's their one night together. A very sexy president who allegedly had some erectile dysfunction issues, but that's his problem. And the hottest woman on the planet at this time. And they're talking about the Bay of Pigs. Nope, Roswell. Oh, right, (laughs) yeah. He thinks that he, she, he thinks well, that. Well, uh, see there, Mara, you know, while you're down there, let me tell you about these, uh, <laughs> while you're Roswell. Down there, it's like, imagine the pillow talk. Do you want to know it's really at Roswell, baby? Like, come on. Anyway, yeah. So then Jagger Hoover had her murdered and then murdered JFK Jr. It was an inside job. And then, and, and then everybody was dead. And that's all I got for you today. <laughs> Good. Now it's time to talk about tacos. Because <laughs> that's pretty much where we got to. So uh, I just want to point out that we were supposed to... That was a face. It's my Roswell face. That could be a meme. Yeah, it's my Roswell face. We're going to meme a face. This is when you all listening are like... I just had an eyelash in my eye and had to do some weird shit. So we were going to record this last week, but I begged off because it was like the one night I had with my kids and I was like, "Ah, I don't want to spend the only night this week like doing the podcast. I mean, I kind of do, but I don't know. He's not as committed as he should be to the podcast and like too committed to his children. Kelly said, some would say your children are more important than the podcast. Some. Some. (laughs) Not all. I said, those people are fools. She said, they're very dumb. But anyway, I asked what the topic was. I said, or is it a secret? And Kelly said, oh, no, I did that the Kennedys or maybe J. Edgar Hoover murdered, in all caps, Marilyn Monroe. I do. You know what? Fuck this. I believe it. I think they killed her. (laughs) Well, no. And then she goes on to say, let me know if you want a different topic, but please don't want a different topic because I believe they murdered her now. I am one of the people we make fun of. I've become our audience. (laughs) Or not our audience. I've become the the Q. I've become QAnon. But for Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) And without all the weird white supremacy. I'm like five bad dates away in Hot Kelly Summer from just like going full Grey Gardens and building my own conspiracy website. All right. This, is, this seems right and proper to me. Correct and true. Oh, see, that's another thing that could go on a Keisha Nod shirt is just very correct and true. Very correct and true. Who's to say? Who's going to do our merch for us? Somebody step up. If you want to start a Patreon for it, that's fine. But we don't want to attach our names to that, okay? Yeah, we don't want it on Patreon. You could do it on... I don't know. There's different ways. You know you can start paying people for their tweets now? But why? Because <laughs> they rolled out this feature and someone's like, how about if I raise $8,000, I will stop tweeting? Oh, I would do that. I would do that for some people. Ben Shapiro. You can't pay us to stop. People have tried. People I'm very tried. excited about these tacos. So, What did you make? So we started doing HelloFresh. This is not an ad, but HelloFresh, if you want to sponsor us, we're available. Or stamps.com. MailChimp. The problem that I have with like HelloFresh and any of them, because they all have the same problem, is they your choices are two serving or four serving for the boxes. I have, yes, I have three children. One of them doesn't eat anything but chicken nuggets, so it doesn't count. Which one's that? That's Henry. I'll get that one if anything happens to you. That's perfect. You can handle that. So I was, well, I don't want to buy like the one that's like four servings because that's way too much. And so I kind of decided that I was going to do the two and then I would just make it on the nights they weren't here and save the leftovers. But I've actually started making it with them because it turns out that two adult servings works about right for an adult and two Uh, kids. Yeah. It's And especially if we do a little something extra, you know, like throw on another veg or something like that. 
so I asked the kids, I was like, all right, okay, well, we've got two different things. Which one do you want? Keeping in mind that whatever thing you don't pick is what we're having tomorrow night. So like, you know, you're just deciding what's saying it. So it was like pork carnitas tacos or like steak babette or something. Babette, not babette. Steak babette from Gilmore Girls. It's steak Sally Struthers. Yeah, exactly. It's Sally Struthers comes running at you holding her bosoms. That can be our shirt. It's just my face on Sally Struthers' body running towards your Yes, exactly. But they were, it was pretty simple, but it turned out really, it was like the most, it was that thing that you'd love to hear where you're like, this actually tastes really good. And I'm like, why are you so surprised? Also, you're right. Why are you, why are you so shocked? I said, look, I'm like, well, I made dinner. I'm not doing the dishes. And Joey says, so wait, could it ever be that if I make dinner, you'll do the dishes? I'm like, yes, yes. That's why I always make dinner because fuck the dishes. Yeah, I was like, so do it. I'm like, here's the recipe card for tomorrow. Take a look at it. Tell me if you think you can do it. I'll help you. And he's like, no, I want to do it all by myself. I'm like, I'm going to help you. I I was there last time when they made popcorn and they need some help. (laughs) I mean, you asked specifically, do you know how to make the popcorn without burning it? And then like 35 seconds later, you were like, burn popcorn. (laughs) Yeah, burnt. So burnt. Maybe you need me to teach you how to like mince garlic before trying to figure that out. I do think this is a fair warning, though. Those meal delivery options. I got Blue Apron for a while. And I also got the two servings because I was just one person. And it was easily like four to five meals for me. Because <laughs> I was scared of the calories at first. Because sometimes it would be like a thousand calories a meal. And I was like, oh, damn. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to eat like a third of this. And it's very filling. It's. I, th- I think it works. It, like I th- Again, I had thought that it would be what I would do for dinner when they weren't here. And it's actually working out to be a little bit better the other way around. And I'm a little more inclined to cook when they're here. Like... Absolutely. When I'm by myself, it's so much easier to just be like, eh, chips ahoy sounds like dinner for me. I may have done that the other night. Please don't go back to older episodes of Kishanon when I talk about this crazy, oh, yeah. you know, hardcore oh, eating restaurant. Are you not doing that anymore? Oh, God, nope. <laughs> what happened? You, you were so confident. I don't know that I was ever confident. I should have asked because Matt and I were like, oh, we're both vaccinated. We can go hang out now. We are trying to decide where to go to dinner, and Matt just goes, I want martinis and oysters. I was like, first of all, that's my ideal meal, and what I would eat every night if I could. What have I made lately? I'm trying to think. I made some good stuff, but I don't remember any of it now. That's fine. Well, the next episode of Kishanon will likely include a recap of our oyster martini. Oh, yeah, it should. We can talk about my standard meal at Gibson's. Which is oysters and martinis. Well, it's oysters, martinis, and then a wedge salad. Yeah, of course. I love a wedge. I was really upset my kids wouldn't do a wedge with me at Joe's because I really wanted one, but they didn't. They're like, I don't like blue cheese. and Well, those little dorks. <laughs> Come yeah. on. I mean, did you really when you were 10? I probably did. I was a- My favorite food for like years when I was a toddler was broccoli. Like, who does that? Oh, I told you Joey, like his favorite yeah. thing is Brussels, but... Anyway, okay, so you got your oysters, you got your martini, you got your wedge. Wedge salad, and then I'll usually get either, the main dish can vary, right? Whatever we want, because I'll usually just like split an entree at that point. So it can be anything. Steak, I like their burger, and their fries are top-notch, because they're very thin and crispy. Or I'll get their mahi. Interesting. And what's the side? Well, you, I'll get the French fries from there because oh, the French fries good. are the side. Like they're very like they're thin and well seasoned, which is I don't like most French fries, mm-hmm. but I'll get any side. They also have this like crap stuffed avocado I love, hmm. and then you get you know a carrot cake the size of your head for dessert. Watch the Kishanon Insta. 
for oh. real time updates. Because <laughs> we're going to completely forget that anyway. <laughs> Never post it. I, I looked the other day and we did not have any new reviews, but. Oh, God, people, get it together. Someone review us, just please, just like one more review. I have no shame. Just review our pod. It's a treat. Yeah, it's a treat for me and Matt. But mostly Kelly. Mostly me. Matt has other things going on in his life. He doesn't need to Yeah. Not so much. <laughs> you have your children and home chef. <laughs> That's true. There we go. As you may or may not know, a big part of my job is like speaking at conferences and stuff, which these days is all done virtually. Right. And the other day for this one conference that's coming up, one of the organizers was like, okay, we have this idea. And so for a bunch of the speakers, we're going to do this thing with this celebrity chef, Christina Bowerman, who's French, I guess. It's a week from tomorrow, like Friday morning, because the chef is in France. Mm-hmm. And we're all going to basically be on a Zoom at the same time. And she sent us a dish to prepare. and They're shipping all the ingredients to <laughs> all of us. And we all cook it at the same time. Okay. But there's a timer going, you know, so it's sort of like a cooking reality thing. And then they're going to edit it all together. And it'll be this thing with these like tech speakers all trying to cook stuff together. So we're making risotto with zucchini scare style raspberries and capers. What is scare style? I don't know. So, yeah, I hope everybody's ready. Ready? (laughs) I hope everybody's ready to come as we come out of spring and go into hot Kelly summer. Mm hmm. It's almost time. It is almost hot Kelly summer. But mm-hmm. for now, this has been Keishanon and the truth. And tacos. <laughs> I forgot what I was supposed to say. Are out there. Who's to say? <laughs> I really forgot. I was trying to say the words. <laughs> and-